Love Talk Radio. This is all about wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do in this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, and now all about wine all about is wine. Here's Rock. Yeah, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, bless all right. people. All right. Welcome to All About Wine go. on the last show of 2022. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 2023 turns out to be an even better year than 2022. So, um, Yep. So, uh, everyone, we he's online. We have a guest tonight, Jim Lochran, who <laughs> has been on before, uh, actually, what, three times before, I think? And um, he's starting to become a, a, one of our regular to- uh, guests on the show. We've got three or four of them that's been on two or three times, and Jim is one of them. He is going to come on tonight and talk to us about, well, a whole bunch of stuff, because whenever he gets on the show, that's what we do. Talk about a whole bunch of stuff, uh, wine and wine-related stuff. So, without further ado, welcome to the show, Jim. Thank you, Ron. Good evening, and uh, happy holidays to you. And you also, there's a whole bunch of Kwanzaa we just passed, and New Year's, and... Uh, Christmas, yeah. obviously. And there's yeah. Hanukkah. Festivus and for the rest of us, I Festivus, guess. Festivus, yeah. And so we, it's the time of year. I was just thinking, why is January 1st picked as the beginning of the year? Why not something like, I don't know, June 1st? It's still going to be a year to go around the calendar to get back to it. And it would be a lot warmer sure. and a lot safer for everybody since everybody's going to be out, you know, partying and everything than on January 1st. I just, I don't know, that's a random thought there that I was wondering about. I kind of so, like uh, June 14th myself. Um, that would work too because it would take a whole year to yeah. get back to that. And, you it know, would. That, that would work. Just anything better than the cold and snow and, you know, all the bad weather, because I'm sure that you can attribute some accidents to the bad weather on the first, not just drinking, but just the bad weather. So, yeah, well, sure. maybe we should sure. start petitioning mm-hmm. that and see what we can come up with. <laughs> <laughs> so how have you been? Uh, I've been uh, very good. Very good, thanks. I have... Spent much of the last number of months rewriting this uh, 
latest wine book that I'm working on. As I may have told you, I've taken a departure somewhat. And as opposed to another wine book about regions or varieties or appreciation or chemistry or what have you, I've kind of gone a little wild and I've written a novel about wine. And uh, I'm not quite sure how to describe it except to say it's uh, essentially the intersection of sideways and pulp fiction. Oh. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> that creates all sorts of vivid images, yes. Yeah. But it's been it's been uh, really great fun, and it's been a terrific learning experience. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to pass with a couple of uh, good editors who have challenged me repeatedly to little so and sos, but uh, <laughs> all for the better, I believe. Uh, good. Well, well, we talked to you. We looked it up, uh, Mike and I. Well, actually, Mike did looked it up before. Uh, before we hooked up on there, and it was what well, December sixth, Mike? Did you say of last year? Uh, check December second, twenty twenty one. Okay, December second uh, was uh, when you wrote, and you were talking right. about a novel at that time. Is this I'm the novel? See how, see how long these things take. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, that's yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, why did, it's quite surprising, you, you know, when you're doing a, a nonfiction, it's very, it, it, it's fairly straightforward. I mean, you've got to get all the information to put it in a, in a enjoyable and digestible format. But uh, when you're writing a novel, you're kind of creating a whole new world, and it, uh, it, it involves other parts of your brain. So, uh-huh. well, but, you know, uh, uh, well, Mike, you had a question for him there. Yeah, I just wondering why did you decide to rewrite it? What uh, is it because of the uh, you know the other the others that were uh, checking it out or anything, or, or you just decided eh, something's not going? It right? is. It is. It's it's all the dirty editors, uh, quite <laughs> wow. honestly. Um, well, I was smart enough to realize that since this is my first full official foray into fiction, that. Uh, there were going to be things that I was not uh, perhaps up on as much as I should be. Uh, you know, formal things like syntax and mm-hmm. and uh, structure and and uh, showing rather than telling. Uh, you know, storytelling uh, rules of the road, so to speak. <clears throat> and they're certainly not uh, intuitive. Uh, if you do them very well, then you get a, a, a fascinating story and a page turner, uh, or at least you get people turning the page uh, and interested in what evolves and what develops. And if you do them poorly, uh, you know, then people read a dozen pages and toss it in the pile and say, 
that looks like a good bit of kindling for the fireplace. So <laughs> I was try- I was trying to avoid the kindling element of it and uh, move it more into the page turner category. So uh-huh. that's, that's what I say. That's what I was referring to when I said it's been a great education uh, because I really have, I, you know, I thought I was a pretty smart guy, you know, uh, inflated ego and all that. I thought I was a pretty hot writer, <laughs> but uh, writing, you know, writing this way is a whole different ball game. You really do have to, you have to learn what you're doing. So it's been great. I mean, it, it's taken three times longer than I thought it would take. Uh, but it has been a great experience, and every rewrite has, I I feel, significantly strengthened the book. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm pleased with it. It's been wow. it's been good time, and of course, I've had to do a lot of research along the way, which, you know, primarily tasting wine. But I do the same <laughs> research for all my books. So <laughs> yeah, that's the best part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, your uh, how big? How long is it? You are you getting near the end? How, how long is it? It oh yeah, it's it's uh, it is. It's about well in a uh, kind of standard, but kind of larger paperback format. It's about four hundred pages. So wow, it's uh, yeah, it's got some heft to it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's quite a bit. I was thinking, you know, you. Mm-hmm. Going to come back with two ninety three, but boy, four hundred. No. You did some writing. No, in fact, I did. Yes, I and, did. Uh, so the, and it was a lot of fun. You have this is fiction. This is a wine fiction mystery. Uh, yeah, that that's uh, not inaccurate. Uh, it's. Uh, you know, it, it's not one of these wine cozy mysteries where everything takes place within the confines of a winery and we find the body floating in the fermenter, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are plenty of those out there. And, there are. And yeah. Quite frankly, you know, some are better quality than others uh, That's true. in terms of. The, that old page turner element we were talking about, mm-hmm. uh, but this revolves around a a wine focused criminal enterprise. Ooh, so yeah, yeah, some good uh, juice in there too. I'll say. Really, where does it take place? Uh, <clears throat> well, it takes place in Sonoma. Oh, okay. and uh, it, and then the uh, the action shifts to uh, Vegas um, and Miami, and oh. it ends up in the Adirondacks. Oh wow! So, so you sort of jumped away from wine country there quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, actually, there's a there's a segment in Grand Cayman as well. So wow, it's. Uh, yeah, it does jump away from wine country. So as I say, it's not it's not inward looking. You know, it's not all about you know looking at footprints in the vineyard or anything. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of a caper. Oh, you know, I see. Internet with international uh, 
affiliations. So, mm-hmm. very good. Is it uh, finished and published? I mean, can we order through Amazon? It is not published. No, no. Once I get this thing published, I'll be sure and get a copy to you. Oh. Uh, It's not yet published, but I'm hoping that that will happen in this wonderful upcoming year of 2023. Yes. Which I heard you guys mentioning will be a a much better year than 2022. Oh, yes. Yes, we've already... Already decided that. Yeah. You know, too many. Sure. Not not good yeah, things. Yeah, onward happen. and upward. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, good. Well, uh, so did you guys? To, did you guys have a good twenty twenty two? Uh, no. Well, overall, ah. I suppose okay. I can say yes. I. I I played a lot of golf. I volunteered as a ranger at a golf course and. Every shift I work, I got myself a free round of golf. So I, I ended up playing a lot of golf in 2022. And, uh, Sounds like it. Yeah, it's uh, you know, a, a lot. But um, that's about all. I, I We had a couple of losses in the family that struck us hard. But we're looking forward to uh, 2023 yeah. and getting, getting 22 behind us and advancing forward on that stuff. So, yeah, that's all. And stuff. Mike did not have that. a good. Well, no, thank you. Uh, Mike did not have a good 2022 because Hurricane Ian mm-hmm. paid him a visit, and he lived in a hotel for what, seven house. weeks. Yeah. Yeah, seven weeks. Oh my. For the house. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. So. Hard time. I hope it was a good <laughs> hotel. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was it was comfortable. It was uh, a lot better than staying in the house. But uh, yeah, needed a roof, um, replaced the ceilings, the walls. Um, pretty much the place was gutted, uh, carpets and everything. Uh, so uh, yeah, seven weeks. So it was. Uh, but you know, I, I was telling Ron, I think after, right after I got back on here because I couldn't get online. Um, yeah. It, you know, we fared a lot. We fared a hundred times better than what they did in, in Southwest, uh, like. Uh, I don't know. Was it Fort Myers and and all that? Yeah. They were just completely wiped out. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, at least at least we could come home and you know grab stuff or anything like that afterwards. And uh, so sure, yeah. In mm-hmm. in some ways, it was it did a lot better than what they. But um, yeah, yeah. And well, thing, it could always be worse. I guess that's something we need to keep in mind. Whatever it is, uh, yeah. it could always be worse. And there's someone in the world mm-hmm. who's suffering more than we think we are. So right, we yeah. have to, yeah. uh, you know, appreciate our blessings. Uh, how many people can yeah. sit around and enjoy wine and, you know, live mm-hmm. the good life like we do? So we really are we're pretty fortunate. Right. And, yeah. you know, overall, you know, we, as as they say, count your blessings. And we've got our, our fair share of them. So, but uh, some things are, are tougher than others to go through. And so, you know, but, but we... Persevere and keep plodding on. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. uh, you were well. Your Sarah got a hold of me and said mm-hmm. Jim wants to come on and talk about food and wine pairings. And I said, "Great." Hmm. And then okay. I started to think, 
it would be good for us to talk about champagne tonight since it is a couple of days away from the big champagne uh, day of the year. And so maybe maybe discuss champagne and uh, your suggestions mm-hmm. and alternatives to champagne because, mm-hmm. you know, people go, uh, I'm going to... Yeah, some people uh, go to pick it up and get a little sticker shock. Yeah, they, they with, especially now. It seems like anything coming from the EU is more than mm-hmm. it should be. You know, I mean, we're, we're not used to this. You live in Maine, don't you? I do. Yes, okay. Yes, I, I live I, on I, the coast of Maine. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Before we go any further, tell me about the weather. <laughs> well, last last week was pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, I can understand. Uh, no, I, I live literally right on the coast. I actually live in a little fishing village that uh, is primarily populated by lobster fishermen, which I know oh. is tough duty, but, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we are so close. I mean, I'm right on the water. So uh, that really moderates some things. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, if they have, you know, 20 inches or so of snow 20 miles inland, uh, here on the coast we might typically have four or five inches. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and if it's uh, five degrees 20 miles inland, it's probably 15 or 20 where I am. So it really acts as a wonderful modifier. And then in the summer, it reverses. So if it's, you know, 95 inland here, it's going to be 80. Mm-hmm. So that... Uh, you know, being on this big body of water we call the Atlantic Ocean, mm-hmm. uh, with the Gulf Stream not too far away, really tends to modulate things nicely. Uh, but we did have uh, this big storm that crossed the country last week. Yeah, they uh, have a name for it. pretty hard when it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, think they so. did. Oh, yeah, they named it. There, they did. Yeah, they name big winter storms now, and I can't remember what the name of it is. I don't know. So, But, yeah, they did name it. I don't it. remember the name either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was uh, it was quite the little wind event. Uh, it started mm-hmm. blowing at, mm, I'm going to say, I don't know, 6 o'clock in, in the evening, afternoon, although it's dark here at 6 o'clock. Right. You'll hear uh, and it it blew all night and all day the next day and into wow. the night the following night, and we had sustained winds uh, that were in the 60s. Wow! So it was pretty wild. You know, I mean, a hurricane is 75. Right. Um, so well, we didn't have sustained winds that were in the 60s. We had had gusts even locally as high as 68. Uh, I would say the sustained winds uh, were, were certainly in the 50s. I mean, it was a big wind, uh, and it did uh, a fair amount of damage. It knocked over a lot of trees, and, of course, uh, where I am, if you knock trees over, you knock power lines out. So, uh, you know, thank goodness we have a generator because 
uh, we were running on the generator for three days wow. uh, as our only power source. Pretty exciting, you know. It uh, like we it, didn't get know. as much rain as was anticipated. The, you know, the big fear was we were going to get this huge wind and huge rainstorm, and then it was going to drop 30 degrees overnight, as it did in much right. of the country. Uh, but uh, the rain stopped about eight hours before the wind stopped. And oh, because okay. of that, the wind was actually able to evaporate all the water off the roadway. So ah. by the time the, the temperature plummeted, the roads were dry anyway. Oh, that worked perfectly well. Yeah. It did. Oh. It did. I, you, you'd think someone had set that up. Uh, yes. It was yeah. pretty remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good good to hear you survived that well. There was some places that were just really smacked with that storm that went through. Oh, you know, we got cold. Oh, I mean, it's just uh, unbelievable cold down here for for our area. Yeah, and but uh, mm-hmm. it was. You, you know, mean you had to put a long sleeve shirt on? When it get as cold as it, we had long johns. We had you know. <laughs> parkas we had you know flannels i mean we had the whole the whole thing i mean you know when you drop down below what mike 50 then you have to really bundle up and uh this got down to the low 30s and so it uh yeah. you know yeah, i lived in miami to... for about 18 years oh did you oh. back you back when yes and uh, when I left Miami, I went from Miami to Chicago. And uh, when I did, I didn't, I didn't own a winter coat. I didn't own a pair of socks. And I think I had one long sleeve shirt. So needless to say, I wasn't fully prepared for Chicago winter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, and especially coming off of the lake there. Oh my gosh, it gets cold. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been been sure in Chicago does. for a couple months, years and years ago, and it happened to be there in late winter, uh, March, April. But boy, it was still nasty in, in that. And so, uh, yeah. but we we served that in here, people. Uh, we're talking about, you know, how cold it was and everything else. And every time you did that, you had the snowbirds, the ones that come down just in the winter saying, yeah, but up home, you know, and yeah, it's true, <laughs> up home. but obviously that's why you're here. You know, I mean, so it was still, still sure. cold for yeah. us, but all right, I was, you know, it's just what you're what used to. Yep. Yeah, it, that's it exactly. I just wonder what was happening, you know, up there because I remember you mentioned that you lived mm-hmm. in Maine, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that's anything above oh what the Georgia Florida border uh, is <laughs> just too cold. <laughs> it's just too cold. It's for pretty it. much <laughs> the North Pole. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah you got yeah. that right. Yeah, yeah. I, I can understand that. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, so look, are you throwing a big uh, Eve party? No, actually, no. Uh, I'm uh, going to stay home. They talk about all. Uh, actually, my wife and her mom lives with us, and so my wife and mom have been very, very sick for the last two or three days. They've they've got something. As I think it's RSV, but I don't know. It, they did the COVID test, and they're fine. But with COVID, but 
they're both very, very sick. And so we That's are probably true. not mm-hmm. going to go anywhere and just sit here and let them recover. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's it. Well, Although that's, I did. That's the wise thing, sure. Yeah. I did sure. have an opportunity last oh. night after, uh, after golf to enjoy some good cigars and some single malt scotch. A group invited me, and that was very pleasant. To end oh, that's too bad. I'm sorry to hear yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can I can hear the sympathy in your voice. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. Uh, I'm dripping. But, yeah. I'm dripping with sympathy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yep. I can tell. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that was that was very pleasant. Uh, had uh, had a couple of really nice cigars and and, and some Glen Levitt, some Glen Fittich, and another one. I can't remember the name right now, but. Uh, I, I'm a big single malt. I think maybe. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, a lot it's, of good uh, scotch out there. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good scotch out there. So, but uh, that, the that was my. That's interesting. And... Go on. Go ahead. Well, I was going to uh, say I... the other thing that's interesting in the in the whiskey world is really the resurgence of Irish whiskey. Yes. Uh, there was a time not too many years ago, and I mean literally 10, maybe 15 years ago, when I had visited every distillery in Ireland. Oh, and really? I think at the time there were there were four of them. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, because distilleries often make more than one label. They do. Uh, yeah. Even here, if you go down to bourbon country, you know, you go to a place like buffalo trace distillery and they make you know blantons and buffalo trace and rare eagle and you know a number of a number of whiskeys but uh yeah jameson in the south was the big distillery and and made a number or there were there there wasn't a big number then and then of course bushmills in the north and there were a couple small ones in the center uh coolies and i can't remember the name of the other uh, and I'm kind of an Irish whiskey fan, so, you know, that was I great. Did. I love doing that. But since then, there has been a, truly a renaissance of Irish whiskey, and there are probably, I'm going to say 15 or more brand new, as in 10 years or so, wow. labels on the market, some of which are just outstanding. So, I enjoy uh, a good Irish whiskey. I haven't had any in a while, though. I've been drinking quite a bit of wine, and even the, mm-hmm. the Scots last night was a rare treat. I usually, you know, because I'm drinking wine, but no, I haven't had Irish sure. whiskey in a while, and I enjoy it. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's a very good whiskey. I, I prefer that over Canadian whiskey. Sorry, Canadians. Mm-hmm. You know, when I drink whiskey, well, it's, I'll pick, I mean, no. Irish whiskey is is kind of a it's a very smooth single malt approach. Yeah. Um, yeah it, you know, whereas Canadian, of course, is what we call Canadian right. anyway, is essentially blended. You're right. And blending is one of those things in the whiskey world that doesn't work out quite like it does in the wine world. Yeah. The, yeah you, you know, blending really have to have a with good whiskey. master blender. Yeah. Well, and it, it, it kind of it, it's kind of intended to sand down the rough edges 
So mm-hmm. yeah. in essence, you kind of you kind of kick the personality out of it. Whereas with blending wine, you can build the personality up mm-hmm. by giving it something it didn't have, or adding another element or another a, a bit of interest to it. Uh, whether it's you know bumping the tannins or uh, you know increasing color. the aromatics or whatever um, you're doing when you're blending you wine, color or something, yeah. That's yeah, that's true. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, we we ramble whenever we talk, and I love it. But <laughs> uh, uh, champagnes. Uh, like I said, well, they... I gave you a, a segue there, and you kicked it to the side when I asked you if you were going to have a party tomorrow. Yeah, I know. Or I just... New Year's Eve, but I uh, nonetheless, I. I... <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, people are, are looking at champagne not strictly or not only at the, at the drink itself, but at the celebratory environment in which we enjoy champagne and sparkling wine. So and, no one's going to sit down and have – yes, one may. second, too. It's really sad that that is what people – associate champagne with i have said over and over through the programs champagne is not just for special occasions you can have it with anything and you know and uh, it's just oh but i'm sorry i just it it was it's i no you're absolutely right you're absolutely right we 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 have pigeonholed champagne into being a celebratory drink yes whereas champagne is great with a whole lot of things so yeah uh, yeah, if you're a wine drinker and you want to get a little crazy, open a really nice uh, bottle of, uh, uh, oh, maybe a, a Blanc de Noir or something with a mm. nice steak, nice marbled steak. There you and, go. And uh, it's, ter- it's a terrific pairing. It really is. And, of course, champagne and potato chips are great. <laughs> salt uh, really plays. I like, so I get a big bowl, I like champagne of, and peanuts. Big bowl yeah. of chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah peanuts. Yeah. It works. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. Really, I think I've never done but chips. I've done peanuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're so, going to, uh, if you're going to throw that New Year's Eve party, people will then say, well what kind of champagne should I get or what kind of sparkling wine should I get? Or, you know, which one is the best or how do I do this? Or, and I've thought about this a lot because I've had a lot of people asking me the question recently. And so if you're throwing a a really fun New Year's Eve party and you're inviting uh, your friends and, associates and acquaintances and comrades and whatever, I've, I've come down to two words to describe how you should approach this from a, from a drinks perspective. Mm -hmm. And the two words are quantity and quantity. (laughs) Um, Oh, no, no, no. Well, we could put it that way, but let me, let me train, change that a little bit. Uh, they are both involved in quantity, but one one approach to take 
is to have a whole cornucopia of sparkling wines. You know, yeah. when we've talked about throwing parties or barbecues or whatever, as you recall, I always say, have more than one. Don't expect everyone's palate to be the same as yours. Okay. The fun is in exploring. The fun is in getting to know other approaches to winemaking, other varieties, etc. So instead of just having a bottle of something, why not get that tub and fill it with ice and uh, have a bottle of, certainly have a bottle of champagne, but throw in a bottle of cava and a bottle of Cremant and a bottle of Prosecco and a bottle of Franciacorta and a bottle of Cape Classique and some Sept from Germany and some Espumante from Portugal and some Spumante from Italy and and let people try. Uh, that really makes it so much more fun for your guests, too. You know? And, uh, and yeah, you I mean, it's able to compare the, the styles of all the different ones that way, too. I mean, that would be just a fascinating evening of... Uh, it, it's really great fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you uh, know, obviously, everyone doesn't like the same thing, so... Uh, maybe get a Prosecco that uh, is is a little off dry because I guarantee you, if you've got more than 10 people there, there's someone who would prefer a sweet wine. Oh, without uh, question. And, yes. you know, and they probably don't want to say it out loud. So <laughs> if you just give them a Prosecco or even get very daring and buy a, uh, a set uh, champagne, uh, something slightly off dry, uh, and throw that in the mix and then just give – you know, have a toast, Have reserve one bottle for the big pour at midnight. But before that, just give everyone a, uh, a nice uh, wine glass and pop the cork on these things and set them in a, in a tub of ice and let people go around and sample and taste and decide what they like best. And uh, I, uh, Great way to I, educate people, you know. Yeah, great I, way to educate I would like to add, too. have yourself pads and pencils so people can take notes of what they like and that yeah, way sure. they can follow up with uh, another bottle for themselves at a later date Absolutely. and they're going what was that I like that so much and yeah. I don't remember <laughs> yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah what was that one you served Ron you know yeah, you know that one. Yeah, you know, bottles. Yeah, and yeah. it was like really good, you know. And yeah, I know that's right. So yeah. as the, opposed to all the other bad stuff you served, yeah. Right, that one was really right. good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, little well, notepads or little pieces of paper and pencils, pens. Some absolutely sure, mm-hmm. sure. And the other thing uh, that I have found is that some people. I'm not quite sure how this works, but the the bubbles in champagne Mm -hmm. can be a little aggressive for some people. I've I've had actually have yeah yeah, they actually have trouble swallowing it. Um, And yet, if they get a softer like a prosecco, it's much easier for them to swallow it and enjoy it and 
you know, then you have someone who says, well, gee, this is a great wine. What is this? This tastes just like champagne. And you say, <laughs> well, that's a cava. That's made in the same way. It's from Spain. But the beautiful thing about cava is that not only is it delicious, but compared to champagne, it's dirt cheap. There you go. And a lot of people like to hear that, too. And that's you know, Cape the key, Classique. What, what the heck is Cape Classique? I've never heard of this one. And then you can get on a little riff about South African one. South African, yeah. You know, there you go. Yada, yada. I mean, you can really yeah. turn it into a, a real fun evening just by offering. And here the quantity is, is it's not about, you know, overindulging but it's about sampling and having other things available to share with your guests. That's right. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of them out there too, that you're not spending a fortune uh, to get yourself a nice bubbly. I mean, it's uh, again, back to my first reference and the fact that people are afraid because of prices on champagnes. And when you start, Right. getting away from the champagne and start getting these others that are made the same way and are just as good, and, and you're going to drop the price, uh, well, by half or even more on, on a lot of them. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, think about it. You know, of all the options, now, <clears throat> you know, the leading Italian alternative would be Franciacorta. And that's made in the same traditional method. And and it can be pretty pricey, too. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, not going right. to be as pricey as champagne, but it's not cheap stuff. Uh, but then once you get to, you know, the, the Cremants, I mean, it can and be I... made 20 miles down the road from champagne and cost a third as much. Uh, or less. I, I, I've talked about the Cremant before. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had it, and it's just it's a great alternative because, like you say, it's right there in the same neighborhood, only it mm-hmm. just doesn't have champagne on the label. It says Cremant, and so uh, right. the price yeah. is less. Yeah, yeah. And, and all of those Spumantes are not pricey. Espumantes from Portugal are not pricey. Um, and, and of course, there's a wonderful, just sparkling wine made in the in the United States mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> that, you know, is available in a wide variety of prices. But you can get some pretty excellent stuff for, you know, 20 bucks a bottle. Yes. Which is kind of surprising. And you know, whether uh, it's... Uh, not just out of California, but uh, New York uh, puts out some great sparkling wines, as does Virginia. They do, uh, uh, surprisingly, and uh, as I, does New Mexico. Who'd have thought? Yeah, I, I and that, that's true. I, uh, <laughs> which is a little quick side story here. When I had the winery open, uh, I thought. I'm going to ask people to get, bring me a wine from a different state. And I was going to accumulate every state in the nation. I had a shelf up above the cabinets that was perfect size to hold a wine bottle. And so I started mm-hmm. to ask customers, when you come back, bring me a wine from a different state. And uh, I eventually got one from every state in the nation up there. But 
the one bottle I got from New Mexico was a sparkling wine, was a champagne style. So, uh, yeah. Grew it, I would yeah. bet. Actually, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah grew it. Makes so. some very nice stuff. Yeah. They are they are a uh, originally a French family who oh, moved to New Mexico oh sometime a generation or so ago um, and and they make great stuff and you can buy it for I don't know seventeen dollars a bottle it, it, I think their entry level their their basic is twelve or fourteen a bottle wow I it, they even make a nice rosé yeah I mean. I think they also, like Shannon Blanc and Chardonnay grapes, I think, go into it, too, if I remember correctly. Um, so they're still using the Chardonnay and Shannon Blanc uh, to make their champagnes or sparkling yeah. wines down there. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're still getting the basic same flavor profile. It's just, but uh, very good wines, very good right. champagnes come right. out there. And so, you know, I mean, yeah. as they are all over the country, I mean, when you start looking at different areas and all that, you can find some some great sparkling wines. So it's it's a great thing. And also, sweetness levels. I, I think we need to hit that because some people mm-hmm. uh, get a little confused on the sweetness levels of champagne. I'll let you address that. Well, I don't know why they would get confused since champagne that's labeled sec, which means dry, is sweet. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, know. I know. How did I, that I, happen? I, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, Who was it's, the genius? Uh, <laughs> right. Who came up with this system, huh? <laughs> yeah. uh, we say it's wet when it's dry. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it's... Uh, it's kind of interesting that, you know, Brut, uh, of course, is the uh, the driest of champagnes. Or then there's uh, uh, then there's extra Brut, which, depending on who's making it, is either less or more yeah. uh, dry. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then there's uh, Natural, uh, mm-hmm. which has no dosage at all so it is really the driest uh, of all Um, I'm just trying to look at something here and I'm not finding it but uh, nonetheless extra dry which is our drive which is not you've got extra drive no you've got extra dry which is sweet and you've got you've got dry which is sweet And, and uh, <laughs> yes. Now, the, the one thing is to help guide you if you're shopping and you, you don't want <clears throat> most champagne that's sold in this country is labeled brute and is dry. Right. So yeah. if you are specifically looking for something that's a little sweeter, you would do well to uh, ask your friendly wine retailer <laughs> to point you to the right bottle because otherwise you're very likely to go home with something that's very dry, right, even exactly. though you promised your new love interest that you would get her something incredibly sweet, just like she is. <laughs> so. Oh, he's a smooth talker. Um, Demisec, there, there's a... <laughs> 
<laughs> another way you there can you go, go at it. Dim yes. a second, it's usually pretty sweet. It's like sugar in a glass. So uh, yeah. It, and the thing to it. keep in mind, these these names came about because years ago, originally, champagne, all champagne tended to be pretty sweet, mm, uh, yeah. just because of the way it it was made and uh, the sugar was not fully fermented, even with the fermentation in the bottle. Uh, it often was not fully fermented, so champagne often had a higher residual sugar content than most wines do. And so when we got to the point of calling champagne dry uh, or sec, uh, it was in comparison to everything else. So as we mentioned earlier about, you know, what you're wearing, everything's relative. So, you know, relative to the great masses of champagne that were produced in the 1800s, uh, sec was pretty dry, but uh, our taste as wine consumers uh, in mass has changed to a much drier style. So uh, we've kind of passed that up in the rearview mirror, that sec being being dry. And, and now to our palate, it's, uh, it's quite sweet. Mm-hmm. But and... uh, yeah, the sweetness level is interesting. Also, the 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 grapes, uh, whether you're having a, a a rose champagne or whether you're having a you know a, a regular three grape blend or whether you're having a uh, a blanc de blanc, which of course is all uh, Chardonnay and tends to be the lightest and when it's made very well, maybe we could say the most ethereal of champagnes, uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to a Blanc de Noir, which is made all from black grapes, be they Pinot Noir or Pinot Meunier, mm-hmm. and tends to have much more body and fruit, and, and that's the kind of thing you want to be having with a piece of meat. So there's a, it's, it's a big subject unto itself, really. Uh, champagne is is something that I think people just sort of look at, like I mentioned before, as a a, a party drink, a party wine, and mm-hmm. that's about it. But like you say, there's so much involved. There's so many different things in the uh, uh, well under the umbrella of champagnes or sparkling wines that it's uh, sure. quite fascinating, which you can match it with. Uh, and you know, and we were talking just a few minutes ago too about you know potato chips and peanuts. Uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. it, it seems odd, but it's true. You you know, it, it gives you that uh, little extra balance there. You wouldn't think of sitting down with a a cab or a uh, Pinot Noir and saying, "Okay, let me open up the chips." But champagne works, <laughs> right. You know? right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It, uh, the acidity really plays nicely with the salt, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's a very nice match. It really is. Yeah, I, so I, then, I've never had potato yeah, chips. I've had peanuts, but no. Oh, you've got to go with. You got to try some chips. I, I, I will. I definitely will. I, you know. Your I'm your sorry. assignment, should you choose to accept it. Mm-hmm. Just to get yourself a nice bottle of champagne and a big bag of potato chips. Any particular brand that is suggested? 
Well, whatever your favorite. Uh, 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 not brand. I, I mean, any. It, you, I don't want flavored, do I? Or would that throw off the taste profile? I would say not. I would say okay. not. At least not for your first foray into this particular okay. pairing. I would probably go with the traditional. I mean, if you want to get a little, a little sexy, you could probably go with ridges. You know. Mm, no, uh, no, a ridge no. chip, you know. Yeah, uh, might be interesting. Yeah. But I would hold off on the. Uh, I would hold off on the, the salt and vinegar or the barbecue, uh, the barbecue or whatever or, until yeah. maybe your second or third go around at this. And, okay. I may get hooked on it you too. See just, how. You know, next time I talk well, you to might. you, I just yell at you for. You know, starting a new addiction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't have enough bad habits. And then you had to put me on the <laughs> champagne and potato chips. Yeah. Champagne and potato chips. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, you, uh, well, we, we can't disappoint Sarah because she said you want to talk about food and wine pairing. So we need to hit on that lightly. Coming up. Well, uh, me, we did. We just talked about champagne and potato chips. Champagne and potato chips. There we, we covered the topic. Okay. So Sarah There's your food and wine. We've got that covered. <laughs> That's right. I, I wanted uh, to mention one other thing about champagne, if I might take oh. 45 seconds. I, I said earlier I decided that the approach to a great party was quantity and quantity. Mm. And the cornucopia, the offering of, of, of all these different wines, is, is really about a diversity there's another approach to take, however, which is particularly appropriate if you're having a nice sit-down meal, mm-hmm. and that is to serve your sparkling wine, whichever variety it might be, from large format bottles, because uh-huh. there's nothing that's going to wow a dinner party of six or eight people more than bringing out, uh, you know, a, a, a Jeroboam of champagne. Uh-huh. <laughs> a Methuselah of champagne, yes, you know, or even a Magnum for that matter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's you know, and here the quantity is not. It's not about diversity. It's about generosity. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, it's a it's a wonderful thing. Uh, interesting. If you bring out a big bottle to a table of people, look at them as you bring it out and present it, and you will see everybody smiling. <laughs> it just it just hits people in the old wow button, you know. It really does. They just, they, you know, you'll get, you'll have people giggling. Uh, I, I mean, it's wild. It's uh, sounds it, like you're speaking happy. from experience. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a I'm a believer, uh, but it's a it's, it's a great thing. I once went to a wedding. A friend of mine who was a psalm in Portland, Oregon, got married oh. and. He he uh, had his bride saber a Salmanazar of champagne, which is like twelve bottles. Yeah, it's a big basically bottle. in a bottle. And yeah. someone else had to kind of hold the bottle, and she oh, had yeah. never sabered before at all. And he gave her the sword and showed her how to do it, and, and she ran it up there and popped. Got it first try, and it was wow. great. what a what a great moment that was. Yeah, yes, it was terrific. And uh, you know, 
I mean, it was only with his connections that he was able to find a bottle of that size, uh, particularly in Champagne. But it, it's not that difficult. I mean, if you look around, I don't know who your wine shops are down there, Total Wine and Total and Wine, ABC, local individual, yeah. ABC. Um, they're going to have more large format bottles there than you think because you don't normally look for them. But uh, it's really just so much fun to to pop, uh, even if you're just opening it traditionally, just to pop the cork on a really big bottle and, and pour for everybody. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's really great. So hence my yeah. quantity and quantity. That's, that's, that sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, and you mentioned sabering. That's taking your, mm-hmm. your sword and hitting the cork just right, which pops it right off. Do not try that at home unless you know what you're doing. It's just <laughs> a simple warning there for all of you. you know. it, it can go awry. <laughs> yeah. it, it, yes, it yeah. definitely can. I've seen it happen before, and it's like, oh, my gosh, you chopped off the whole neck, and there was little pieces of glass and bubbly everywhere and all that stuff, and it was not a pretty sight. So, you know, don't don't try to saber it or... or sorted or whatever you want to call it until you get yourself a little so you know how to do it yeah yeah a little yeah. knowledge and know how to do it yeah <laughs> but it's fairly easy to to master that particular it, it looks much more intimidating than it is once you've done it yeah, yeah. and in fact in in my last book i wasn't going to plug here but in 50 ways to love wine more the first chapter is essentially uh, an instruction manual for sabering champagne. Oh, really? Why? Yeah. I not... uh-huh. Why it explains it? it and yeah, even with, with pictures involved and everything. Wow! So it's uh, it's understanding the physics of the bottle and the structure of the bottle and and so forth, and then once you know that, it's pretty easy stuff. And it looks great. I mean, it's, you know, what's more fun than seeing someone save a bottle of champagne and it, it is pour a, everyone a glass? Yeah, it is a very uh, showy thing to do, and uh, it's yeah. fun. I, I've sabered bottles. Mm-hmm. I'd learned how many, many years ago, and I've sabered bottles. I haven't done it in so long. I, it's probably like riding a bike, though. You can... Uh, yeah, probably, probably pick so. it up right away. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's very, it's a very showy thing to do, and it's pretty cool. People always like it. And, uh, right. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and it's kind of like presenting the large format model at the table. It always puts a smile on people's faces. Yes. You know, yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. It, it's yeah. it's one of the happy aspects of wine. We have a lot of great elements of wine. Uh, Profound and philosophical and so forth, <laughs> delicious, you know, uh, but that's just one of the happy aspects of wine is yeah, to I, uh, I can see, see that. people yeah. smile. Yeah. You know, when you start doing champagne, champagne is something that makes people smile anyway. And so, uh, mm-hmm. but, you know, I mean, and you 
you know, the uh, trying the different types of champagne. That's that's a great idea, Jim. I I like that. You know, putting them in a bucket and letting everyone try the different ones because people I don't think are aware of all the different types that are out there. I mean, uh, right? Uh, that they, they you know might know Cava. Uh, everybody knows uh, Prosecco. And maybe knows Kava, but that sometimes the knowledge stops right there, and they don't realize mm-hmm. that there's a lot of others out there at a reasonable price that are really good. And so, mm-hmm. and you do that. So coming up on New Year's here, we're going to have a ham dinner. Uh, give me some uh, wine or champagne mm-hmm. pairings for a wine uh, mm-hmm. for a uh, ham dinner. Uh, I would, yeah. If you're going to go with a uh, with a champagne or a bubbly, uh, something along those lines, I would definitely look at a Blanc de Noir for oh, that. Okay. Uh, just because it plays so nicely with the ham, uh, you get the uh, you know you get the fruitiness of the of the red berry fruit and so forth, which is a really nice uh, offset to the ham. Uh, whereas, as you know, if it's you know if you get a, a blanc de blanc champagne, you're going to be focused primarily on apple flavors and you know brioche and so forth. But right. if you get a blanc de noir, you're going to have much more of that lovely raspberry, strawberry, uh, and you're going to have a little more body to it as well. I just think it'd be a, a wonderful match. Uh, it sounds Quite like it was. Uh, You're absolutely right. That yeah. sounds very good. Yeah. 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 And uh mm-hmm. and wine, if I decided to go wine with the ham. Boy, well, wine, you know, the ham is a great thing to go wine whining with because you really could go either either white or red. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of depending on your personality or your particular palate. Um you know, I can I can see a uh, a really nice Grenache. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, whether it's Australian, maybe a great Grenache from Australia, or even California, or uh, or a Garnacha from uh, Spain. Uh, you get that that brightness, that fruitiness. Uh, in still a lovely bodied, rich red, and that. that it's really so nice with with the ham, or you can go the other way. And uh, boy, you know something like a like a a, a white Cote de Rhone with uh, mm. Marsan and and uh, Moussan, and you know a little richer body, a little fuller bodied white wine. Uh, that would be good. Or, yes. or if you yeah, if you want to go to Italy, look at Maybe a Grochetto, uh from Umbria. Uh, uh, again, what was that first? I'm not a familiar. Little, a Grochetto, G R E C A G T T O, which is a lovely grape, and it's a little, it's a little bolder, a little bigger. Uh, yeah, if you're not familiar with Grochetto, I highly recommend it. Uh, it, it it's really quite nice. I'm not and, familiar with uh, it. In your oh, part my. of the world, it shouldn't be too hard to find. Stall again, please. Uh, 
G-R-E-C-H-E-T-T-O. Okay. Oh, I, I, I haven't heard of that. I don't know. I haven't heard of the great well, now. I'll have to check that out. It is a... Uh, none of us have heard of all of them, so... Don't yeah, know. really, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. so many. Uh, full-bodied grape? The, uh, yes, it's full-bodied, yep. It's okay. full-bodied. It's got a lot of personality. Um, it's got just a little minerality behind it, but uh, it, it's kind of got a light dusting of citrus up front and and still kind of some leachy, leachy uh, texture to it. It's quite nice stuff. Yeah. This sounds interesting. I'm a fan of it. Is yeah. it usually uh, uh, makes... just a, a single variety, or is it usually in a blend? Uh, I think, now you're going to get me on this one. Uh, I think that in one DOC, uh, it is 100%, and then in another DOC, it's allowed to be blended with something. Mm. So. I believe. Yeah, that's a, Yeah, it's... Uh, well, it's also... I mean, Grochetto, and this is probably not going to sell you on it. Grochetto is uh, the main grape in Orvieto wines. Oh. Right. You remember Orvieto where they put out that silly looking fish bottle years ago? Yes. Yeah. That yeah, kind of thing. That. Yeah. But but just get a straight That's Grichetto. not the grape's fault. Uh, you can't blend the grape on that. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. That's like that foolish Lambrusco they sold uh Yeah. Yeah. Reuniti on ice or whatever it was, you know, I don't remember. Right. But uh, yeah, it's not the grape's fault. Yeah. You can't, so, yeah. Some silly thing, yeah. Yeah, some but it's got a nuttiness yeah. to it. Uh, it's it, it wow. really, yeah, just get a straight croquetta. And as I say, I it's from Umbria, and uh, yeah, lovely stuff. And you're going to pay, you won't pay twenty dollars for it. Wow. So, yeah, give it a shot, and next time we talk, you can let me know how you liked it. Uh, definitely, I just it sounds exciting. I'm going to have to pick up one. Soon. Uh, well, when you go out to get that bag of chips, you there you go. Pick up the chips a and, bottle of Grochetto too. Yeah, I can open up. Uh, I mean, I'm for, always got champagne sitting in my wine rack, so I can always, you know, just chill one slightly and and pull mm-hmm. it out with some chips. Wow, man. Yeah. Gee, yeah. looks like 2023 is going to be really good. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, 50 ways to enjoy wine more. Okay. That's, uh, is that available through Amazon or through you or? It is. Yeah. 50 ways to love wine more. Love wine. uh, It is available through Amazon. uh, Or if you have a particularly favored uh, bookstore that you uh, like to patronize, Certainly go in there, and if they don't have it on the shelf, they can order it for you. So, uh, yes, it's it's still in print and still going strong. Okay, because you mentioned that, and I had to 
you know, bring it up again for everyone out there who might want to, and myself. I'm going to have to get a copy of it. I haven't yet, and so I will. Um, and so, uh, when do you expect to be done with your novel? Well, I'm I'm pretty much done. I've, I've probably got. Oh, I don't know. I, I probably have another couple of weeks of of tying up the ends of things. That's all. You know, being the wow. being the foolish perfectionist, uh, and then I have to decide uh, how we're going to publish this. If it's uh-huh. going to, if I'm going to do a self-publishing routine, uh, a number of people who've read it, uh, kind of my beta readers, have said, "No, you should try to see if you can get this thing published." So. That involves getting an agent and doing that. So I'm actually meeting with a couple of agents. And oh. So we'll see. Uh, it would be fun to have the the muscle of a big publishing house behind me, but uh, the trade-off yeah. for that is you typically make less money, and no they are very slow at getting things to market. So. Mm. So what you, so you we'll weigh the difference? So they they take money, but you're going to make more money. So if you self-publish, it's going to have to be self-advertising and self-promoting, and right, right. You know, whereas they right. would, yeah, do it and jump in there. Well, um, they, you know, but the reality is that if your name isn't John Grisham, uh, <laughs> they're not going to give you a full ride anyway. You know, uh, yeah, you still have to get out there, and you've still got to do a lot of your own publicity. Uh, you know, the, the publishing world has changed so much in the last twenty years that uh, you know those uh, those rides are are few and far between these days. Uh-huh. It's kind of a joint process where their muscle will get you into all the sales channels. Uh, but that's it. Which is helpful, you know, easier than you can get yourself into all the sales channels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess there's some little sliver of additional prestige, but you still have to get your rear end out there and do a lot of uh, lot of promotion and marketing on your own. Which mm-hmm. is, you know, whatever. We'll when you how it looks. When you get to the point where you're publishing, let me know, and I'll post it on the All About Wine Facebook page and and let people know, right. and, and even a even a link to it if you got yeah sure any mm-hmm. type of uh, you know Facebook or something to promote it, then you know mm-hmm. give me all that information sure. and we'll get it out there. Yeah, yeah. Let people uh, let people know. Yeah, my and people, of course, can always go to jimlockran.com if they want to see what else is happening. Uh, yeah, when I when I keep it up to date, which is <laughs> it's hit or miss. Uh, Mike, any uh, questions, comments, anything for Jim? Mm, no, not at this time. I don't have anything on uh, social media right now. Um, just uh, you actually had asked him. Uh, about when it was going to be released or, you know, if he was still working on it. And so that was all I was thinking of uh, at this point. So, yeah, everything else was uh, was good. Thank you. So, so thank by you, spring, you. we should have your book out. Right. Yeah. Mm. Knock on good. wood. Well, yeah. we, will, we will look forward to it. And uh, uh, 
Anyone want to get in touch with you, again, give contact information. Yeah, the the easiest way to get in touch with me is to go to jimlochran.com and just send me a message of contact uh, at the contact page through there. That will come directly to me. So okay, if you've got a question, a complaint, uh, whatever you've got, uh, jimlochran.com. Go to the contact page, send me a message, and I will certainly respond to you. And that's L-A-U-G-H-R-E-N, Jim Locke. Correct. Yes, thank so, you. Because you know, people yes, start punching no in the wrong numbers. Spell my name. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know yeah. it uh, can get confusing. So Jim Unlike Ron Hunt, it's not, it's Which not is that easy, unfortunately. All my life, though, I've had to... Say my name, uh, spell my name. Uh, what's your name, Ron Hunt? What's your name? I go Ron Hunt, H-U-N-T, because I think I'm saying Ron, huh? And so I always, <laughs> <laughs> always have to spell it. I tell you, it's not one thing; it's another, huh? It is, yeah. yeah it's always something. <laughs> so, well, Jim, thank you for joining us tonight, and have yourself a very wonderful, great, and safe. New Year, and I'm looking yes. forward to the book. Uh, it sounds interesting. What's the main character's name? Dan Keene. K-E-A-N-E. Yeah. All right. Well, is Dan going to be your new hero in your next book? Oh, I don't know. We're, you're thinking way ahead of me here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to get Dan to survive this book. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, you know, it just you know, it's just Anything's like anything's possible. Yeah, you know, like Clive Clive Custler who has his continue using the same hero over and I over. Think. So, you know, just the uh, Jack Reacher of the wine world. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So, then everybody starts becoming familiar with and all that. There you go. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, Jim, uh, for taking yeah. the time tonight and, uh, and talking with well, us. Well, thank about you, guys. Uh, Ron, thanks very much. Thank and you. Have uh, yourself a good. wonderful, safe new year. And we will look forward to when the book is published. And actually, you know, we might get you back on the show and just start talking about the, you know, the book and promoting yourself, you know, through the program here. So. Mm-hmm. We'll look forward Great. to doing that. All right. I appreciate that. Oh, surely. Uh, so. All right, gentlemen. Thank you so much. You. And, and uh, a wonderful nice. 2023 to both of you. you Thank you very Thank much. You and you also. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Bye now. Okay. Jim hung up. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's. Eleven minutes after eight. It always happens. Mm-hmm. He and I start talking, and we always go along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. good chat though. It's a good. Uh, um, the I always like talking to it. Yeah, cover a little bit of everything. So yeah, yeah. Good. Always, always enjoy um, talking with him. Yeah, always do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's um, unless you have any last minute things. We'll uh, close uh, it up and God, be back no. next. Uh, have yourself a January. safe new year out there, and if you're in areas that are snowed or cold or stuff, just stay home 
You don't have to go yeah. out. You know, like Jim and I was talking the first show, change your new year to June the 14th. I mean, you know, it's going to be safer <laughs> than this in this weather. So uh, yeah. try that. <laughs> yeah, try that. All right. Um, we'll be back on January the 5th, 2023, 2023, however you want to say it. Um, yeah. Thank you all. Like Ron said, be safe and uh, um, have a great uh, new year and, you know, be safe during uh, all the festivities going on this weekend. So we want you, yeah, definitely. We want you to be and good and healthy. Uh, week. We will see you next yeah. year. Yeah, we'll see you next year. Let me push this button here. Are we still on? Oh, yes, we are. Okay. We're still on. <laughs> <laughs> and roll it. Oh. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on the show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinedpr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash All About Wine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. Wow. Oh, I wonder if it actually got the last part of it. Huh. Uh, I don't know. All right. Oh, 